there's very little rhyme or reason to the way I work. <laughs> I just, I, but it's, it's important to me that I work, that, I, that I'm producing something. So for in one year, maybe I'll make a film. Like last year I, made, I released uh, Masquerade, my 20-minute my short film, the romantic comedy. Um, since then, I've written four features. And uh, I don't know why I move forward with one, and I don't know why I abandon others after the first draft. Maybe, maybe it was just um, something that I, was, that, I was, that I felt very strongly at the time. I got it out of my system. And I just kind of feel like moving on. I feel like uh, that was enough. That was good for me, you know? Nobody's going to read it. Nobody's going to see it. And I don't know why that happens. And I don't know why I'm moving forward. I, I know that this is the one that I'm going to shoot. And so we'll check back in three months to see if, if <laughs> it actually is the one that I shoot. But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why that is. I write a lot and I, and I don't shoot at all. I don't know. Maybe it's a... It's, I don't think it's a commitment thing because I, I can stay... You know, like with Palmdale, I stuck with, stuck with that for, you know, two or three years. And uh, it's just, I think it just has to, it has to check off all these, uh, all this criteria. And they don't all do that. You know, sometimes it's just pure expression and it's only for me. And I don't even, I don't, I don't, I don't show it to anybody, you know. But, but that felt good, you know. I don't know how productive it is, you know. I don't worry, I don't stress myself out about time or anything like that. Not anymore. I certainly used to when I was, you know, in my early 20s. It was going to happen for me that year, you know, before I was a certain age. But I, yeah, so I work 50 hours a week uh, as a videographer. And so at the end of a, you know, I come home at sometimes 9 o'clock at night and, uh, I'm pooped, I'm spent, I'm done. And so what I started doing is I, I get up two hours before everybody else and I started writing. I, uh, I read this interview, um, and I, I've actually heard it a few times, but I mean, like people would write on their commute into work, you know, people who have to have, everybody has to have a day job, and um, especially in a city like LA, um, especially if you have mouths to feed. So you just gotta find time you know, you just got to squeeze it in there. And so if even, you know, if you've got to get up before everybody else while the house is still quiet and sit at the computer, you know, and just, uh, and just get it out, you got to keep working, you know. So, so that's what I started doing. I'm writing something. I'm making some headway into it. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My next feature, hopefully. <laughs> the characters uh, are of a similar background than the ones in Palmdale. That's all I'm going to say. It's like, it's kind of familiar territory. It's kind of, kind of familiar territory. And why I write about, like, people who kind of live in the rural outskirts is because, I mean, I knew, I, I grew up with these people. I know them. Maybe I'm one of them. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they're just interesting to me because they're colorful and uh, they get in, they don't, they don't all get into trouble, but there's certainly like some element, there's, there's some exciting element there, you know, to get in trouble. A tendency, maybe, some of them are a little bit more unhinged and a little less uh, housebroken, <laughs> you know. So anyways, yeah, I like that stuff, I, you know grew up watching crime dramas and thrillers and stuff like that and reading true crime novels and stuff like that and um, yeah yeah because it's not too far removed from what we see every day you know fantasy and sci-fi and stuff I like that too but as far as what you can practically do with very limited resources when you don't have much money and you don't and uh, you're you know you don't have a whole lot of time you can't you can't afford a three-week schedule or something like that then it you're limited by the genres of course you're never really limited because if you wanted to do a space epic and you only had ten thousand bucks and nine days to shoot it you might c 
come up with something incredible, you know. It just depends on, on you know, your solutions to the problems. And that's, that's a lot more exciting to me with limited resources than with the, the, the big Hollywood machine way, which is just, just throw tens of millions of dollars at everything. And, you know, we're seeing that um, not very often these days result in good movies. So I think, it, I think you know, guys like me, have, we've got to start small. Sometimes something will grow too big. It'll start out. I always, everything that I write, I, I, I intend to shoot on money that I can raise. You know, I intend to shoot for 20 grand or less. You know, that I can, I can work a lot of overtime and I can ask for a thousand bucks here and there. You know, and I can put it all together. After I write something, I realize, well, y you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have this location. I'm not gonna be able to have so much dialogue outside at night in this location and stuff. Stuff like this. But I, if I, but if that's the one, I'll find a way. And it just wasn't the one, you know. And uh, so it's just. I guess it's just a matter of it not not being worth the effort. I, you know, the writing was enough. Getting it out was enough for me. And then I'm. I'm in that that interim between projects that's really frustrating and it's like this it's like you know digging around in the desert for water you know it's it's kind of like that but then when you find it you're like oh okay then it's a never ending it's never ending and you know it's just a matter of uh bottling it up and making sense of it and uh and following it yeah there's a lot i can do without money and uh, something that I learned on Masquerade is that Masquerade, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way it turned out. It's, it's one of the only films of mine that I can actually watch and enjoy. And, uh, but that taught me that, you know, if you can keep your days, your shooting days, so cheap that you can afford to come back and fix technical issues and, uh, and get it really right, then, uh, then the film is going to result, the resulting film is going to be so much stronger and so much better. You're going to feel so much better about it. Um, so I don't want to be, I'm going to try not to be, and this is like, this is how filmmaking works apparently, but you're just chained to this schedule. You're a prisoner on this runaway train and you have to, you've got to get something good out of that schedule, and that's it. And I just, I think this is a, a ridiculous way to work, to try and make something that's going to be around forever, you know. Actors are flying in. They can only do it on, this, on, on these days, so, like, you know, it, it, it just, I can't believe good movies result this way, you know. I'd rather have a year. I'd rather have a year, and everybody's going to be there, and you take all that time and you explore and you, you know, yeah, you make things really right. So if, if you can have a 20 minute film instead of shooting it all in one weekend, maybe you take three weekends and it results so much better. And it only costs, you know, however much you're paying your two actors to come out, the location's free, I owned all the gear. And so I'm gonna try and make it as close to that, my feature as close to that format as, as, as I did with Masquerade. Cause that was, that was really the way to do it. You know, things were so cheap. A, a shoot day, a production, a day of production was so cheap that it was nothing to say, hey, I, 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 I need these shots, you know, come on out. And they, you know, we got it. I mean, it was, um, it was, well, COVID lockdown, right? So uh, I just, I don't know. I wanted to make something not really about COVID, but during, during the first lockdown. Because that was such, I mean, it was, it's, it's, I don't need to say it. It was unusual. It was bizarre. It was very bizarre. It was strange. It was uh, the first time anybody had lived through anything like this. It was a, a world event, and we're all stuck inside. And it just, you know, when something like that happens, new feelings come along that you couldn't anticipate, that you, you can't expect. And so, for some reason, I, 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 you know, I've never thought about making a romantic comedy before. And uh, I don't know, I just wanted to make something kind of light and funny. I don't know. You know how things can get really bad and, and then you just, you just, you feel like laughing at it all. You just feel like uh, making light of it, you know? 
And that's kind of what I did. That's why in the beginning he's watching TV and it's all doom and gloom and political and stuff like this. And he turns it off and, uh, and goes out on a date, or tries to. And uh, yeah, I just, I just wanted to make a joke. And it is kind of a joke, you know. It's, a f it's plucky, you know. But then at the same time, there's that technical side of me, and I just I wanted to get better at that. I wanted to I wanted to be in control of the image, like as fully as I could, as I could, more than I ever had before. I, I'd, and uh, so I'm I'm happy with the way it turned out. Actors were around, and I think this was this was like pre-vaccine, so the pre, you know I was just like wear a mask, wash your hands, you know. Uh, Nobody was, nobody was nuts about COVID on the set, you know. People were just like, I mean, a lot of people weren't wearing their masks, and this was 2020. And, uh, yeah, we, we just had a good time. I mean, it was the first time I'd been on set where I was the oldest one, you know. I was <laughs> 33, and the whole cast is like, the whole cast is under, is like less than 24. Everybody's like 19 to 21. And I did that by design. Uh, another reason I did this romantic comedy, maybe that's the reason I did the romantic comedy is because I needed really cheap actors. And I knew that I could get 19 to 21 year olds who, who need material for their reels and, uh, and, and pay them very little. And, uh, and, and what kind of film would all these young actors be able to make well uh, for me, it was comedy, you know, and, and something like relatable in a real life kind of way, dating, romance, trying to meet girls, you know, this kind of thing is like, that's, that's not such a far stretch from their personal lives, you know? So, uh, yeah, I think uh, just the logistics inspired the story. <laughs> Casting Masquerade. I, uh, I lived in Long Beach at the time and I wasn't paying much. So I tried to focus, especially with the extras, I focused on Long Beach area, Orange County, you know, the nearby Orange County cities. I, I kind of focused my casting locally and I got a great batch of, of, of actors from the area. But not everybody was a local. Uh, my lead, Jordan, came from, um, came from L.A., uh, North Hollywood, I think. And then my lead, uh, Cheyenne, female, uh, I don't know where she's, Hollywood, I think. But uh, yeah, anyways, they made the trip down. We, uh, we shot on weekends. That makes it easier on everybody, Certainly, especially on me. I mean, I, I work Monday through Friday. I have weekends open, so it was, you know, the only time I could shoot. And... Um, yeah, casting casting took a little while, but I wasn't in any hurry. I had no deadline, you know. Didn't take that long, maybe a month, a month. And uh, I was on backstage. I was on, uh, that backstage was great for my extras. And maybe, no, I think maybe two of the supporters, the supporting roles came from backstage, maybe three. And then LA casting, uh, backstage, no, no, no. There's backstage LA casting, actors access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The usual, you know. I'd never used backstage before. I did on my stretch of Texas ground, but um, so I had used it before. I just remember. But backstage, I like its website, and uh, and there's a lot of people that for some reason don't go to go to the other two. Maybe they're agents. Maybe they don't have agents. I don't know. I don't know. But what I look for in actors, I just look for. Uh, Commitment. I, I, I look, I like reels. I really like video reels. Even if an actor hasn't worked on anything, if they can just like set up, set up a nice shot in their apartment or something with their phone uh, on a tripod and just, and just do a scene, you know, I, I use uh, a picture. A picture isn't worthless to me, but I, I, I go straight to the reel, you know. Of course, you can't, you know, the, the thumbnail, the headshot draws me in but I go straight to the real and so I, I look for commitment I look for um, I just I, I look for uh, whether or not I believe them but I mean it's it's tough because when you're casting for when you're casting for a role not everybody's right for it so I mean actors shouldn't take that personally you know if they if they're just physically not right for a role. And by physically, I mean, um, you know, the character has to be a certain way. I mean, they're written a certain way and they have to do certain things. So if a person doesn't embody that, 
then that's it, you know. Some filmmakers will, will really go outside the box. Sometimes that works, sometimes not. Sometimes it's, it's kind of a, a mistake. But um, yeah, so I, I just, I have an idea of, of the character and then I look to see who, I, I tell you, I'm not, I'm not really interested in finding exactly what's in my head in a person, in, a, in, a, in, a, in flesh and blood. I like somebody else to add to it. I like, to, I like somebody else to do a little writing for me, you know? They bring something to it, and then I have something that I have to capitalize on. I have this person that I'm really interested in, and I'll change things and I'll, to make it better for them and to make the, the film better, you know? And uh, so that's exciting. I like casting. It's very exciting because you've been alone with this thing, with these images. I don't have concrete images of actors. Like I, I read a book that said that when a when a writer writes, they think about famous actors. And so I think that's I, I don't I don't agree with that. Uh, I have just kind of feelings in my head, and then I find and then I'm I'm looking through all the headshots and I see somebody who could be interesting. It's not it's not concrete. It's very fluid at that point, and it could go anywhere. And I and it, but it's up to me to to steer it. And so, yeah, just, you know, read the breakdown, and if you have these physical qualities, then submit, you know, and see what happens. Yeah, you don't have to see movies, They're, you know. No, I'm serious, you don't have to see movies. Whenever, when I see a, uh, an interview and the actor's like, oh, the, the director has an encyclopedic knowledge and stuff like this, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, that's nice, but, uh, you know. What movies did Thomas Edison watch? What movies did uh, D.W. Griffith watch? You know, like it doesn't doesn't really matter. Palmdale, I haven't seen it all the way. Actually, I haven't seen it at all uh, in a couple of years, maybe three or four years actually, several years. I haven't I haven't watched it. Um, I, I'd like to. I'd like to sit down. I mean, it's on YouTube. I check in on it. Um, it's been uploaded three or four times on YouTube in the full-length movie is on YouTube and uh, I get on there and I see that one of the videos has been seen 80,000 times and one of them has been seen 50,000 times I'm like holy crap I, I, I uh, that's the distribution working you know and I don't see any money from it but uh, I didn't spend a whole lot of money and I wasn't you know uh, the idea of making a profit off that movie is gone long gone but uh, I've seen a, a check, you know, here and there. But um, it's really cool uh, seeing that amount of, of eyes that have been on it. And, of course, I don't have access to the metrics to see when they leave, you know. It's, it's just, uh, you know, adds a, adds a tick every time they click on it, you know. So I don't know how many people stick around to the whole thing. But they leave comments and I love reading the comments. I love, uh, most of them are good. I gotta tell you like, it's, it's, it's like 70, 30, mo 70 being good, 70%. And uh, you know, I, I uh, yeah, I, I just like reading the comments. I like, it's, it's really interesting to me because Palmdale, when I, when I, last time I watched it, and when I would watch it at festivals and stuff, I'd be there and it would show on, on, on in the theater I would just, I would feel like crap. I would have this, this humiliation, this, this nausea that, uh, that I just abused people's attention spans. And uh, I, I really couldn't look past that. Maybe it's different now. I'll have, to, I'll have to watch it. Maybe I can see the good in it. I think the people watching it who come, come to it with fresh eyes and no, no idea anything about the film, they see in it something. Enough people see something good in it, something that, like, like the heart of the film is relatable enough to a lot of people. And um, yeah, a lot of people find something to like about it and they, they, they like the music or they like the, the main character, they like his, his troubled uh, uh, circumstances, they like him and you know, I really, I really scored big with Lacos, you know, finding him to embody Kurt. I think he's, there's nobody who could have done it better as far as like playing this, just this guy who, with a, a lifetime of regret, you know, having to do this thing that he hates, you know, that has never, 
amounted in anything but uh, you know more destruction and self-destruction and stuff. Just a just a a wasted life, and he knows it. And uh, but then in the end, he redeems himself. And uh, I think a lot of people like that. And um, and I see him, you know, leaving comments about it. You know, it's 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 cool. You know, I've never. I've never had much of an audience. I've been an, a, an underground filmmaker, a very deep underground filmmaker. And uh, so it's great to see, even if this film is 10 years old at this point, it released in 2014, and, uh, well, eight years old. And um, it's really cool seeing people find it and watch it and like it, you know? It's, it's I mean, release dates, they they matter to the the to to Hollywood and to the film industry that box office weekend and stuff like this. But I mean the film doesn't disappear after that, and so you can find a movie. Hell, I find movies, fifty years, sixty, seventy years after they come out, and I love them, you know. And I watch, I stream them, and I just I'm inspired by them, and I get ideas, and and so that's that's something to think about as a filmmaker. Like it's if 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 it doesn't make a splash at that first release doesn't mean it's 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 invalid doesn't mean that it won't grow legs later you know maybe the maybe it'll grow legs and be seen by a bunch of people and maybe you won't see any money from that but you'll have had their attention you'll have told them a story your story and uh that fundamental fact is uh is uh, makes you feel good. Yeah, that's why you did it. You know, to have eyes on your movie, to have their attention, to t and to tell them a story. And so to see it happen even this long after is is nice. It's really nice. Yeah. So Palmdale is a uh, film called Palmdale. It's uh, uh, a crime. I would say a crime drama with a little bit of a thriller in there, and um, it's about a man who is, I mean, down on his luck is an understatement. He's been down on, down on his luck for maybe his whole life. And he's, he's paid to come to a city. We, I, I'm not explicit about which city, but it's, it's obviously Los Angeles. He come, he's paid to come to LA. He's hired by these two young hackers to kill an ex-accomplice of theirs who stole a bunch of money from them. So, He's there begrudgingly doing this, this job, and uh, he's doing it. He's being pushed into doing it by his. Uh, he's kind of his friend, or he's kind of his accomplice or agent, I guess you could say. Just this guy, this other guy who couldn't do it himself, but he knows Kurt, and Kurt could do it. So he takes his cut, bringing Kurt the job, and Kurt goes off and does it. And so Kurt, Kurt goes along with it, and he does what he's told until he's downtown, and he witnesses an event where he could help somebody. Uh, a young woman is getting attacked in an alley, and he's got what he's supposed to do, and then he's got what he feels he should do, and he goes with that. He goes with uh, saving her, and then she becomes a part of his life and gets him kind of thinking that he does have the power to, to change things for the better. He doesn't have to continue on this path. And, um, and I, don't, I don't know if I should spoil it or if people should go off and watch it. Yeah, and, and so he does change things. He does not kill the person he was supposed to. And in doing so, he profits more. He, he, he makes more money. He, he gets more money. He, uh, he, uh, saves the girl from her, uh, you know, she's a prostitute and she does drugs and stuff like this. He saves her from her circumstances and they take off together into the sunset. And he, he severs ties with the guy who was, who was manipulating him and, and forcing him to, not forcing, but just uh, coercing him to do these, these things he didn't want to do. And he just starts, he starts fresh, very late in his life, but he's still alive. And, uh, and, um, so it's a happy ending. Yeah. I, I made it a point to do something that had a, a happy ending. It's, that doesn't come natural for everybody, happy endings. But yeah. Maybe I was, I mean, I'm, I'm a, 
especially younger, I was very shy, very insecure, very, very, uh, uh, well, insecure, it kind of sums it up, young, young guy. And so being surrounded by everybody, and there's not, I, I, there's not engagement, not, it's not a movie that you laugh at, you just sit there and watch. And so I'm thinking about what they're thinking about. I might, I could be wrong, I could be way off, but I felt like it just, I was abusing their attention. You know, I was just holding them there, showing them nothing, and they were too polite to leave. That's what it felt like every time I would watch it in, in a theater full of people. And, um, and I could be wrong. I'm not wrong about everybody thinking that. I, just, I see the comments on YouTube. You know, some people are like, this movie's boring as hell. You know? I mean, I haven't watched it in years. My, I did what I set out to do. The movie is true to me. So now I've changed. So if I still like that, I mean, we change in life. So like that was, I was 22 when I wrote that thing. So my tastes have developed and, and, uh, and changed. So I'll have to watch it again. But I, I did exactly what I set out to do. That's, that's nobody else. I edited the film. Uh, I, I had a really heavy hand on the shooting and on the performance and stuff like this. So I got what I wanted. And I did it exactly the way I wanted. And so it just comes down to a matter of taste. Do you have good taste? Is the person in charge good at what they do? That's it. That's, that's it, you know? Integrity, maintaining artistic integrity. You have to get better, but you should do what you want. You, you have to do what you want. But you should try to get better, you know? And the better you get, the more people are going to respond positively to what you're doing. But at the end of the day, you can't... I don't think you can even put your name on something if, if it's been... If there, if there have been too many other hands, you know, m muddying your... Uh, your aims, you know. I made a couple of shorts. I, I came to LA a couple months after graduating from film school. And um, I made two short, no, three short films. I had this, this theory that I'm, I wasn't ready for a feature. I'd done a couple of like two to five minute short films in, in film school. And so after that, in my, first fe my first short in LA was um, like seven minutes, Denise's Day, you know, it's out there on YouTube. It's like uh, six or seven minutes. So after that, I did a 12-minute, 14-minute film. And then I did a 20-minute film. So like it was very logical, the progression. I, I wanted to go longer and longer. And then after, after this film called Kill the Kid, which I think is on Vimeo, um, that was a, a, around 20 minutes. And after that, I didn't think feature. I thought 45-minute short film. <laughs> Which I'm not sure how much sense that makes, but I've never, uh, I haven't had any guidance. I just know that I've wanted to make films, and I've, and I've made them. And, uh, and certainly if I'd had somebody in my corner telling me what to do, it, it might have been a lot better off. But, you know, I didn't have that, and you're, you're going to sit around waiting for that, you know. So, uh, so Palmdale was a 45-page script, and then... After we shot it, the, the, the cut was like 60 minutes, you know? And then the lead actor, Lacos, he came, he came over to my apartment, and he was like, you're so close to be having a short feature. Just, just extend, you know, we have to go back anyways to reshoot some stuff. Add some scenes, extend, or rather extend some scenes, and have a short feature, and then you'll have a feature. And I was like, oh man, that's that's... That's exciting, you know. Let's, um, there's already some things that, that could be fleshed out in Palmdale that I hadn't gotten the first time. So let's, let's flesh it out, and I'll have a feature. And, and that's what I did. And, and then so the, the, I call it the 2014 edit landed around 78 minutes, and it was about 65 pages. I, I added, uh, yeah, 20 pages. And it, in my opinion... From what I remember back then, watching it years ago, it feels kind of like a short film that has been stretched into a feature. It feels long. It feels like what I could have said in one minute, I took 10, you know? In my stretch of Texas ground, um, yeah, in the, the script has 50 to 55 speaking roles. And, um, 
uh, we had a casting director. We had two casting directors. We had one in Austin and one in LA. And they brought us a bunch of people and then it was, no, it, it wasn't me scouring. I mean, this was a larger production. We had a casting director, so I didn't have to post ads and I didn't have to go through all the submissions. So we had people doing that for us. And, um, and they would come to us with, with what they thought would be good, who they thought would be good for the role. And then I would select, I would make my, my, my choices. And uh, yeah, and it took some time. I mean, there's so many scenes where there's a really colorful character working with one of the leads. And I mean, it's, it's hard to find, you know, people like that who can just come in one scene, leave an impression and, and get out. Um, I mean, the, f the, the story takes place in a small town in Texas and we were casting in, in small towns in Texas. And so we did find some like really local, local characters, you know, really just rich personalities and great features and just like people who really, you know, you believed it was them. Well, yeah, when I, was, when I was little, I took an acting class. I was 12 or th 11 or 12, I took this little weekend acting class and I had a lot of fun with it and it was, actually no, it was, it was during the summer so it might have been like two weeks, solid weeks of it and I just loved all the invention and I loved using my body and I loved, uh, I like, I like the human body. I like, I like, I like dance, I like, uh, I like, I like, I like physicality. I like uh, watching people change as they go through different emotions and stuff like this. And so I love working with actors, but you've got that, you've got that, that vice of production of the ticking clock, pushing and squeezing. And, and so I, I, I got to tell you, I, production is, I mean, there's a lot to enjoy about production, but it just feels like uh, it just feels like this sprint, and you're already tired, and you know, and uh, and you want it to be great, and there's just there's too much compromise. Um, so I love I love writing, and because you're you're alone, and the possibilities are endless. Of course, you have limitations. You know you know the the extraneous limitations. Um, you know, you want to shoot it, so you're not going to write something, you know, with a hundred locations and you know stuff like this. But your solutions are, you have time to come up with good solutions, and then you have time to go back and examine them, and then come up with better ones if you need to. Um, in production, you have a lot less time, so you know, I kind of, I kind of like working my day job, and then daydreaming, coming up with ideas, jotting them down in my notebook, and then the next morning getting up and implementing them or, you know, seeing how they work and stuff like that. Um, and then after production, I love editing. I, I really, it's kind of like writing all over again. You have, you have these pieces and you have to make something really great, the best thing you can make with, and, and you have the time. You have the time to make edits and lay things down and arrange them and then think about them, go off and do something totally unrelated, but think about it, get new ideas. So I, I guess I just like to have a lot of time, you know. Production is, you've got to get it, you've got to get it, you know, it, it has to be the best, and you don't, have, you, you, you don't have time to walk around and think about it, you can't leave, think about it and come back, you know, stuff like this, you know, you're, you're chained to the machine, and it's running, and uh, it's running out of fuel, and, um, so that's why I love prep. After I've written, I love prep. I love uh, uh, getting the logistics down. I love storyboarding. I, I love uh, shot lists. I love, you know, going to the locations with the DP and, and just planning it out. And it's just all that stuff is, is really important. And, and you, know, you know that production is going to go smoother because you've done it. And uh, yeah, yeah. And then the starting pistol goes off and it's everybody's, you know, busting their asses, but, um, but if you've done that work, if you've rehearsed with the actors, if you've got storyboards, which you can use as a, as a guide, but if something better comes along, you absolutely have to go with what's better. Um,
yeah, if you've just done all that prep work, then production is going to go so much smoother. Yeah, but my favorite is either writing or editing. Also, editing is so exciting because, and you've got to be careful with this because you're so excited for the release. But if, you, if, 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 if no studio, no financier, if, if nobody else is breathing down your neck, then you should be a little patient, you know. You can only release it once, you know. I mean, two different versions of Palmdale are out there, so I guess you could... I mean, I had nobody to answer to, so I could go in and I could cut five minutes out and make it better. So you could do that. But why not just take the time in post and make it the one version that you're going to want to live forever, you know? Yeah, just take time. Yeah, don't, don't get impatient. Don't start thinking about, you know, film festivals and, and you know, the celebration and stuff like that. I think <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't go into a project not knowing uh, every intention I have, you know, I, I, I go into it with really concrete plans. Uh, things are pretty well fleshed out and most of it is um, most of my ideas and stuff originate with me and with the script and um, when I bring on collaborators, certainly actors, cameramen, certainly there's uh, there are new ideas brought to the table, and I go with them, you know, if it strengthens the overall. Um, but it's just got to be, we have to know, we have to know. That's the thing, like, I have to have a plan, I have to go into it with a plan, and everybody has to know what the plan is, and, um, and then we stick to that, and we don't change our minds, you know, that kind of thing. And we, we, we add things here and there, little things, but uh, I've never changed course, you know, I've never, but then I've never had the, the that's, that's, never, that's never happened to me. I've never been on something finished halfway and then decided, hey, it'd be a lot better if we just, you know, did a 180 or something and it turned this thing, t I don't know that that would happen much. There's too much already moving in one direction, you know, and if it turns out, if you get the feeling that it's not working as well as you'd hoped, then, you know, then you got to find a way to spice it up somehow. I mean, but that's, that hasn't happened to me. Uh, if, if it doesn't work, then it didn't work in the beginning. I was wrong, you know, and, uh, and, um, that's why I like to have other opinions. I like to have everybody read it, and I like to find out what everybody thinks about it. Uh, just to see, you know, how potent it is. You know, you don't want to make a film that, that disappears. I've, I've, I mean, I'm an underground filmmaker. I've made two features that not many people have seen. I don't want to make a third film that, you know, not many people are going to see what am I doing here, you know, then I'm, then I'm, uh, I'm, I'm technically a filmmaker, but I'm not, it's not paying my bills, and, you know, we all want to quit our day jobs, that kind of thing, so, yeah, you just have to, you have to have something to say, and, um, and get out there, and, and, get some attention on you, you know, you can't, you can't whisper, you know. I think a lot of people, a lot of artists are kind of, well, I can't speak for, I can't speak for other people, but me, I have been kind of afraid of raising my voice. I've been afraid of attention. And at the same time, I've had, to, I've felt this desire, this need to make films. So what's resulted is in films that are kind of quiet, you know, and films that, that that gets swept under the rug, you know, and I just don't want to do that anymore, you know. I want to make something that can't be ignored, you know. And then what that is to other people, other filmmakers, what is something they could do that that would 
be seen and reach people, that's up to them, you know. That's going to be different for everybody. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm underground now, but I'd like to be, uh, you know, on people's radar. I'd like to have, I don't know how big I'm going to go. I don't think about that so much. I just, I think about, I, I want to do what I want to do. I want to, I want to say what I want the way that I want to say it. And, um, and I hope that enough people can relate to it, you know. A lot of people liked Palmdale, you know, over 100,000, you know, that's, that's by no means a viral video, you know. But it's a good start, you know. Regarding representation, I think um, you're, well, you're not going to get representation if you haven't done anything. That's, I've called every agency in L.A., Every literary agency has gotten a call from me, and they all, <laughs> I, I don't know where they find uh, receptionists, but uh, I don't know what level of hell, you know, they go to <laughs> find receptionists in L.A., but Jesus Christ, they are some uh, uh, short, short people. I mean, I can't blame them. They probably get calls from, you know, hopeful filmmakers all day long, you know, can you, can I get a job, you know, this kind of thing. And... Um, so if I wouldn't worry so much about representation if you if if nobody's watching your stuff. I mean because they're going to get they're going to get their cut if you work. If you're not working then it's not a charity, you know. So I wouldn't worry about that. I would worry ab I would worry about making a good film, you know. I think that's I think that's uh number 1 and I don't I, I think that's always going to be number 1. It's just make a good film. And if you make a good film and enough people see it then they're going to see you as, um, as somebody who can make them money, and that's just the way it works. And, and you should be grateful that these people want to represent you, and then maybe there's a few different options, you know. Maybe you can take your pick. But first, you have to make something, and it has to be seen. A publicist, I mean, there's a lot you can do on your own with, with YouTube, putting a trailer on YouTube and putting ads on, on Facebook, and then you got, you've got it into a festival, and you know, maybe you've, you've posted the, the, the date on your Instagram and stuff like this, but maybe you don't have a very big following. Maybe you don't have a lot of eyes on the stuff you put out there. So sure, hiring a PR firm to, uh, to pump it up, something like that, if you have the money, then I don't see what bad could come of that. You know? If people aren't interested, then, then they won't respond to it, but it'll be seen by so many more people, so just the odds the odds of, of people coming or, or renting your movie or whatever are, are going to be higher because more people are seeing it. So, yeah, I mean, I would do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if, even if I mean, I, nobody's going out to see Eric Edward Kemp films right now because nobody knows who I am, but if I had a, f <coughs> a feature and I had the money to hire a PR firm for a, a, a screening or something like that, then um, to, pr to promote uh, a screening or the, to promote the release of a film on a certain platform, absolutely I would, yeah. Yeah, what, what, what bad could come of that, you know? I don't have a million subscribers or anything like this, but they do, and so you're paying for their, their, um, their following, pretty much, yeah. Or you're paying, paying for, uh, them to bring eyes to what you've done. So yeah, why not? It's, it's, it's been a surer thing to me to work my day job and to, and to set aside money for my film project. I know that's going to happen. I know I can do that and I know eventually, eventually it's gonna take, maybe it's gonna take longer and it's gonna result in less money, but it's gonna be enough that I can make it happen rather than going out there into the process of, of trying to raise money, um, doing that alone, I just, I guess I just don't have faith in that working out and I, and I wouldn't want to spend too much time and then failing on, on fundraising, you know. I know that I can, I can work a job, the job I have now, I, I can work this job, I can set aside money, I can I can raise a little bit of money, friends and family, not much, just enough if, uh, extra if I needed it, just to complete the, the, 
the figure I have in my head or, or whatever it's going to cost to make the film. But, I mean, and then, and then what are you giving up? Going out and fundraising, potentially a lot more money is, is, is being given to you, but what are you giving them? Aside, uh, aside from the guarantee, uh, aside from, you know, first money back or whatever, or maybe they're going to handle, they're going to take it and distribute it or something like this, but what else are they going to insist on? What else are you going to have to give up? And I'd hate for them to say, you're going to work with this actor, you're going to change this, you're going to, I'm, I'm not, there's nothing on the table like that for me, so I don't even, uh, I don't feel the need to uh, compromise anything. I, I don't know any financiers. I don't, I don't know anybody who's, who wants to give me money f to make my film. So it's just kind of this gray area that I'll get to, I'll have to get to. I mean, it's going to happen. Uh, it's going to be a part of my life. But um, I want to make a good movie first. And I, I just feel like you have so much more leverage. If you've made... I have this theory that if you make a really good film on your own, mo on your own money, and I've, I've, I've got this theory from looking at it happen for other filmmakers, but if you make a really good mo movie with very limited resources, then you've proven something. You have, you've shown something. You've shown that you know what you're doing and you, that you can do that. And then you're going to attract people who want to invest in you. They, they want their money back and then some. They see you as a safe bet. And you're going to have more leverage to say, no, I'm not going to change these things. So I've got other places to get financing, you know. Um, so you just have to make a good movie. I, I mean, it's only a matter of time after I finish writing it and saving money and stuff like that. I'm going to be there. Uh, I'm going to take my time casting. I'm going to, I'm going to take my time location scouting. I'm going to shoot a lot of tests. We're going to go to the locations uh, with a smaller crew and the DP I end up hiring, and we're going to work things out because, I mean, you can't you can't show up on the first day of, of principal photography and then you know realize that there's terrible terrible problems that you that you didn't anticipate. I mean, there, that's going to happen, but you can just you can you know lower the risk by by uh, test shoots. I love test shoots. I love I love taking the DP. And, uh, and, an, and an assistant, a grip out, and just, you know, and just uh, seeing how the camera looks, how the camera works with, uh, you know, shadows and, and, and skin and stuff like this, and just trying out different things and, and uh, just do as much, all that is prep, just do as much prep as you can. And, and if there's no time limit and you're not burning through too much money, you know, you have to keep an eye on that, that you're not taking money away from the film doing all this, all this prep. But um, but do it, you know. Do that prep. Go out, location scouting, tech scouts. Do some test shooting. Go to a rent a studio. Bring your lead actor out. You know, do all this stuff, and you'll just feel really. You'll just have so much more uh, confidence going into principal, and um, and that's that's what I like to do. And if you have the time to do it, if nobody nobody's breathing down your neck, and at this point they're not. So just take that time. I mean, the only risk is taking too long and actors, you lose actors, you lose crew or something like this, but you know, it's worth the risk. It's worth the, the alternative is shooting prematurely and uh, being stuck with something you're not happy with. So yeah, the one I'm writing right now, the one, uh, I, I, I mentioned it earlier, it, it's, the characters are from a, a similar background as the ones in Palmdale, and it's uh, practically it's it's like a one location piece. I mean, it's it takes place in a state park, a very large natural piece of land that that I'm pretty sure I could get away with shooting without permits, and nobody would bother us. And the the scenes all have three or four people. Uh, the crew is going to be four or five people. So, I mean, on our biggest production days, maybe 10 people are going to be on set. And that's a very small unit. And so you just, uh, we're just going to move around and shoot in the woods, you know. <laughs>
and uh, I have a story that is uh, it's enticing for me because it's uh, it's it's kind of it's I don't know I'm from the 90s I'm from the 90s where it was all about pushing buttons it was all about being edgy you know and seeing just how far, how much you can get away with and stuff like that and I'm not going overboard because now comparatively we're living in very not stifled maybe stifled maybe a lot of people are stifled now but very tame tame times where there is so much to talk about there's so much to comment on and to criticize but nobody is everybody's kind of playing it safe nobody wants to cause ripples and I want to make something that makes a few ripples <laughs> that maybe maybe it'll cause a splash I think right now the the waters are so still and there's a little bit there's a little bit of wavering there's a little bit of wavering you can see very clearly what would upset everybody it's on the tip of everybody's tongues it's just going to take one bold person to just just drop it on everybody and it's going to cause a, a, an explosion and nobody's doing it maybe if they're if they're doing it Maybe they're the member of a choir that's already doing it and they've already been kind of pushed aside. I don't know. I think about this a lot. You see every, everything's on media and now everything's on, on social media. Everybody is talking about the same stuff. But they're, they're, they're members of like two or three camps. And... So if you were to do something that you didn't speak, you weren't a member of any of these camps and you just kind of criticized everything, then that could be, that could be kind of effective. Or if you did something that all of them would consider vulgar, and so now you're the enemy of everybody, that might be interesting, you know? That might be, uh, <laughs> it might be kind of fun. <laughs> There's a part of me that just really wants to, I don't know throw the firecrackers into the crowd kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of things you can do for free. You can cast for free. You can location scout by yourself. You can, you can look for crew. You can look for your DP. For All this stuff you can do for free before, before you're asking somebody to come out and you're buying them lunch or paying them a day rate or something. There's so much you can do for free by yourself. And, um, and I've done this stuff for years. And so it's, you know... Casting is, is very familiar, and hiring crew is a very familiar process. And location scouting I enjoy. It's just me out there daydreaming, you know, in the middle of nowhere, you know, <laughs> taking pictures. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to all that, but, uh, but I'm, I'm being patient about it. The first thing is, is writing and making that just as good as I can get it. So, yeah, yeah. Filmmaking is not easy, and there's certainly easier ways that you can creatively express yourself. But there's, I don't know, there's something about the moving image and uh, there's something that just demands attention about somebody's face and what they're saying. And you get to craft what they're saying. You get to choose whose face it is and you get to choose how they're being captured and uh, so, but before that, I would say just, I get, I get these, uh, these daydreams. I daydream so much of my life and inspired by music or just thoughts and stuff like this. And it just kills me to leave it in my, it doesn't kill me to leave it in my head. I just know that it's not productive. It's, it's like singing in the shower, you know? And uh, so why not put it out there and a big hurdle is, is going from singing in the shower to singing on a stage. I mean, that takes a lot. And, uh, but if you don't do it, then, you know, nobody, nobody hears you. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I, what's going on in my head moves me, really moves me and thrills me and, and gets me through the day that I want to see if it's the same for other people. And I want to see if uh, other people can relate. And if they can't relate, maybe it's just interesting. Maybe it's, it's so 
unusual and strange that that it inspires them because it's something they never thought about or is something you know or it's like a, a a house of horrors or something you're just looking at it and you're amused because it's bizarre you know something like that you know you can't relate but it's just so contorted and weird that you know that you're entertained you know that kind of thing but I don't I just don't want to leave it inside you know I want to I want to build it and put it out there and see what happens yeah <laughs> in that interview I did for Indie Film Junction I felt that maybe my experience on my stretch of Texas ground could help other filmmakers and that's why I was very plain about it and that's why I was very open about you know doing taking a, a job a directing job that's what it was I mean it was it I didn't write it I needed the money and and it wasn't it was it was creative work but it wasn't creatively satisfying and um, I don't think I, a lot of filmmakers, directors live that way. You know, they they come on to something, it's been cast, it's been written, uh, it's been produced. They just they just kind of show up and 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 facilitate a smooth shoot. That's not me. You know, I I was inspired by by the auteur movement. And even and then in the 90s, we had the, the, the independent film people from the streets making excellent, excellent movies. And into the 2000s with the Sundance movies and stuff like that, I was really inspired by the singular point of view telling a story and telling it their way. And I got to tell you, I don't, I don't see that happening anymore. And I see the gigantic movies, which it doesn't matter who directs those films. I'm, I mean, it doesn't seem to me that they're all pretty similar. They, they have to be because they're, they're not just one movie. They're 12. They, it has to fit in there nicely. So it doesn't really matter who makes these films to, a, to an extent. Um, and then on the so there's the giant giant movies out there the, the 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 you know the corporate monster movies out there and then there's the 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 indie films the you know the little studios making take they they I say they they take risks in that they're not they don't have a whole lot of mass appeal they're not particularly universal um, and they get they get better actors, and they they they, um, they they sound interesting in premise. But to me, these smaller films kind of have become like modern art, where kind of like bourgeois people look at something, and it, it's 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 strange and it's abstract, and they feel like they're in a club, and it kind of stays in the little modern art scene. It's 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 not really relatable to me, and um, I much prefer movies that came out kind of pre twenty twelve. I I don't I don't make it out to the movies very often. I don't have time to go out and see a lot of movies these days. But when I do, I'm usually disappointed. Even with like established filmmakers who came up in the nineties, I'll go out and see their latest film, and it's almost like they tapped out and they're just you know taking a paycheck at this point, you know? And then, and then the young people, the, the, the new generation, and there's like four or five filmmakers of this new generation that are making films that are, they're creating a buzz because they're kind of the new generation of indie filmmakers. They, their stuff is, is uh, it doesn't inspire me. It really doesn't. So, yeah. So I started by talking about being a director for hire. Um, I'm happy enough just with my day job. I mean, I live in Los Angeles, so I see I see wealth all around me. I see people who are working in the system, in the with the corporate machine, making great livings. You know, buying great cars and living in very nice houses in the hills and stuff like this. But and it's just none of that really matters to me. I, I mean, I, I'm here to, to make 
you know, films that I think are really good. And I'd like to, if anything, I'd like to inspire other people, especially outside LA, especially, you know, I always, I always hoped that there would be little film scenes popping up all over America. And, and these days I, I wonder why it hasn't happened because it doesn't, you, you buy a camera for a thousand bucks, you, you already have a computer to cut the footage. I don't know why indie films aren't popping up in all these flyover states and all these like, why aren't, I mean maybe they are, maybe there are. And the problem is, is a matter of the media is so focused on the movies that they've spent a half a billion dollars to, to produce that these other films are being totally ignored. Maybe I need to attend more film festivals. I don't know. Maybe they're out there. Maybe there are, maybe there are so many out there. But I, I think that, you know, that, that, I mean, that doesn't matter so much if you're not, if I don't know about you. If you're making the films that you want to make, then, then keep, keep it up. And, um, yeah, maybe I'll see their films, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I we we need a new movement. That's for sure. We need a. I always think about, you know, there's a great big tree in the forest that's kind of hogging up all the sunlight. You know, it needs to fall. It, it, it needs to come down and let the other ones. I, it doesn't. I, I don't agree that it should fall down by itself. It it's going to be rotted from the inside it's going to fall over and then the new ones are going to, I, I don't think it should like, I, I don't believe it should like willingly get out of the way or anything. It, it's, it's natural that, it's, that, that corporate media has gotten so big, but I'm, I tell you, it's all moved to, it's all moved to YouTube. It's every, I feel like the thing to do nowadays is not to make films is to be a political commentator. <laughs> You know, I mean, if, if all of these people that had political shows where they criticize what's going on in, in, in politics or they criticize what's going on in, in, the, in uh, society, if these people had just made films instead, if they had just, you know, then I would pay attention because I like watching movies. I don't like watching the news, you know. So I feel like movies, maybe movies are a dying art. I don't know. People like going out to see movies, but I don't know. I don't know. It's weird times we're living in, and I, I don't know where I fit in to it all. But I don't. I don't think about that so much. I just think about what I want to make, and, and I want to make it. I want to make that film, you know, the way I want. So I'm I'm done after this. I'm gonna make one last film, and then uh, and that's it. If it doesn't work out. I'm going to shoot weddings. <laughs> I, I mean, I started in 2008, and uh, what, 14 years later? Um, yeah, I just, it's, it, it takes so much time, and it's so much of a financial commitment to make a movie that, and I see this as kind of my third strike. And so if this, this doesn't work for me, then, I'll, I'll have given it like one really good final shot and then I'm going to find something else to do. It's independent filmmaking didn't work out for me. So this is my last movie that I'm working on right now. <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> I, it's, uh, that's life, man. I, um, I, I don't know if I'm going to stay in L.A. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to be a lot more flexible. I, certainly, what I've learned about photography, camera work, editing, all these can be translated to some other uh, way to make a living. But storytelling, I tell you, I'm just going to kind of accept that the best is the the best it's going to get for me is going to be shooting a short on the weekend here and there for the rest of my life, if I choose to, if I, if I want to spend a couple grand on a film here and there. It's, that's it. That's it. But as far as like this giant time and money com commitment to do a feature, I, I, I'm going to give it one last shot. One, this is it. This is my last movie. My last feature. Storytelling, I don't know, maybe I'll write. 
I mean, there's, there's a lot in me that is not going to come out with this next film, but I'm, I'm going to have to find some other way to get it out after this. It's not going to be filmmaking. If this doesn't work for me, if this doesn't take me to, I'm not talking about being a millionaire or anything like that, but just if, if this doesn't put me on anybody's radar, if this is just kind of like a little, uh, you know, murmur, that, that just dissipates into the, into the oblivion of, of all those films out there, all those no-budget films. And there are a lot. If you go to Palmdale and if you click on the, uh, the channels, uh, if, you, if you look at the rest of the film in the channel, there's, you can scroll endlessly through these no-budget features. Mine is just one of those. If I do that again, it's, uh, it's, it's not worth it. It's too much, you know? I mean, I, I say it's not worth it. I enjoy everything about it, but um, yeah, I mean, what am I doing? There's, 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 a, there's a more efficient way to express myself if, if this one doesn't work. If, if, yeah, if this one doesn't work out so well, then I'm going to have to find a different way. I'm going to have to write. I'm going to have to pivot somehow. Yeah. The, again, cameras are cheap. It, it, it's nothing to have a couple actors out for a day or two. I just, I think it'll just be smaller if this one, this is my last big circus, you know. I'm putting together one final big top show. And if it, if it, if nobody comes, if I, if nobody buys a ticket, then 